Hey, what's up, everybody? Chris Hollifield here. I want to personally welcome you to a brand new episode of the I Am Salt Lake podcast. If this is your first time joining us on the podcast, we're here every week showcasing awesome people in Salt Lake City and the surrounding areas. We're talking to business owners, authors, tattoo artists, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries. We're giving you a taste of the city. If you have an awesome story, we're going to probably showcase it here on the podcast. Our website, this one's really easy to remember, IamSaltLake.com. The cool thing is you can go there and listen to the entire back catalog. All the episodes are up there. You can listen to them really easy to do as well as subscribe to the podcast. Hey, are you moving to Salt Lake City? Maybe you're listening to this podcast because you want to figure out what this city's all about. Are you looking at possibly moving into a house with a little more space in it because we're all working from home now? Well, in case you didn't know, you guys, I'm a licensed realtor now, and I'd love to uh, show you some homes. I'd love to show you uh, possibly your dream home, help you find a place to call your own. Uh, You can give me a call, shoot me a text anytime. I'd love to help you, 801-244-2908. But otherwise, let's get into the podcast. This This is a good one, you guys. Thanks for listening. I want to start right with you with what 1520 Arts is and what your involvement is sure. with them. I mean, I figure that's a good place to start the show. That's a great place to start. So 1520 Arts originally started out as an organization called the B-Boy Federation. And uh, a crewmate and I, uh, his name's Pyro, we started it in 2009 just as a way to try and bring more more dancers into the, to the scene. We've all been dancing in the scene. Uh, we break, you know, for years and years and years. And the scene was just kind of dying. It was a little dead. It was a little stale. And we just wanted to throw some events to bring more people um, into the community at the time. And uh, we got lucky, right place, right time. You know, all kinds of high school kids, all kinds of people started coming out to these events. Um, It exploded over the first couple years. And then in 2012, you know, Pyro had moved. He got a great opportunity to move to Hawaii. Poor guy. Um, So he's out there with a beautiful family, um, just, you know, living the rough life on Maui. And I stayed behind. And in, you know, 2012, we got this opportunity to become a nonprofit, a 501c3. And we said, hey, you know, why not? Let's do that. And it's just kind of continued to spiral and snowball from there. And so now in 2021, we are 11 years old. We changed from the B-Boy Federation to 1520 Arts in 2019 for our 10-year anniversary. The name change was just kind of reflective of changing the, the focus of the organization. Right. So, you know, B-Boy Federation is very specific. It's very much about breaking as just like a singular thing. And as the community has continued to grow, as our programs have continued to grow, you know, we wanted something that better represented kind of who we are now. So the 1520 references 1520 Cedric Avenue. It's a location in the Bronx, iconic hip hop location in the Bronx. It's where Cool Herc through the back to school party, August 11th, 1973, where he kind of debuts this technique um, called the merry-go-round that becomes this like catalyst and this jump off point for hip hop culture um, historically. So we thought it'd be really cool to kind of pay homage to this, to this place and and have a name that kind of represents, you know, sort of the potential of hip hop as, as a culture. And so we now have a facility called the Herc um, that we teach out of. We have a stage show called They Reminisce, which is coming up. And then we do events as well still and community outreach and education. So it's kind of this small thing where we're like, hey, it'd be cool to throw a break in event where uh, we don't lose money on it. And uh, 11 years later, you know, we have this really uh, incredible organization. 
Dude, that is awesome. I mean, yeah. that's the podcast right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, gave, you gave the story, man. No, they, the, the B-Boy Federation, I, I didn't realize that there was a connection there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd always see, uh, see y'all out at like events, you right. know, in Salt Lake, uh, urban arts, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Festival? Festival that's yeah, actually yeah. happening this upcoming weekend. Yeah, Urban Arts is this weekend. We were at a Utah Arts Festival yesterday. You know, we've had a lot of really incredible opportunities to perform. Yeah. Like Comic-Con, sure. you know, like for Adobe, lots of these really incredible opportunities have come out of, um, you know, the organization. So do you get out and break dance, man? As much as I can, uh, you know, the older I get, the harder <laughs> it gets. So, you know, I try to practice a couple days a week if I'm lucky, but... It's definitely about, uh, you know, just like clinging on desperately to whatever I can maintain versus being able to, to really be competitive. But, uh, I'm trying to, I'll be 40 in October. So the goal is to, uh, try and have like push it for as long as I can and just like maintain for as long as I can. I think I'm going to try and get out to a couple of events, trying to go to California in November for a competition. It probably keeps you like in shape though, right? Like just all that movement and, and flexibility. Even, right. It sounds know? painful for it's, like for people <laughs> of our age. No. <laughs> it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing to get older. It's definitely like, there are days when I'll start warming up and I'll be like, Nope, we are done. Everything hurts. It feels awful. Then, but overall, if I can, it's like, um, it's like you describe it. It's like, it'd be like, if you think of a, a, like a well-oiled machine in a way, the more you keep the oil in the machine, the, you know, you can run it forever and it will be okay. Right. So as long as I stay pretty consistent, I can maintain a level. If I like don't dance for, you know, two or three weeks or a month, then I can feel all the joints start seizing up. Everything gets (laughs) sore. Everything feels old and rickety. Um, but yeah, so far it's been, you know. Okay. That's so awesome. And I remember back in the day I lived down in Provo, my later teens and I had, I had friends, you know, we'd skateboard and break dance. So they'd always had their cardboard with them. Right. You know, I tried it. I about broke my neck and I was like, forget that, you know? No, not my thing, but I I love watching it. It looks looks cool. Love watching it. Um, Tell us about They Reminisce. Yeah. So They Reminisce is a stage show that we created in 2014. And the idea for the show came from a couple places. So there's like a really cool like, oh, it's this local show that lets us showcase our community and hire all these local dancers and try and put our best foot forward. And then there's the other side of things that we do where it's like we, we do it out of spite. Um, a lot of our programming kind of comes out of spite where it's like, well, we want the chance to do this and no one's giving it to us. So we're going to do it on our own. So REM kind of came out of that. The idea that we felt like a lot of dancers in our community weren't getting the opportunities to really be represented. Right. So you'd have places asking us to come and teach other professional dancers how to do things, but they wouldn't just hire us for their shows and performances. So we're like true hip hop fashion, you know, we're like, screw it. We're going to do our own thing. And so the show has been a really incredible experience. So the, it always has a narrative. Um, so there is a, like a story and a plot that's involved in it, but we always try to incorporate educational elements. So the, the current version, the 2021 version of They Reminisce is sort of set in this modern, modern day. And you have a young group of, of dancers. And one of the dancers in this group is kind of a legacy, like his, his parent, um, was a member of like this very iconic crew from, from the past. And he has grown up with hip hop culture his entire life. And 
the show tries to kind of talk about maybe this separation between, you know, we have the like 90s and 80s golden era hip hop culture. And then you have this like modern day hip hop culture where all of us as we get older, you know, like we hate you know, SoundCloud rappers and we hate my, you know, it's like we're at that point where it's like young kids in their things. I don't understand it. And it's trying to tell a story where these kids are trying to create an identity for themselves within hip hop culture while still being able to, you know, pay homage and respect to what's come before them. And so there's, there's education, there's dancing, there's DJs, there's live performances. And we try to put it all together in a, a really easy to digest story uh, and put it in somewhere like the Rose Wagner, where, you know, a lot of um, the people who attend the show aren't typically coming to, they're not coming to like a battle, right? Like the person who goes to the Rose Wagner to see, you know, they reminisce is oftentimes not the person who's going to come take a class or, you know, participate in a competition. Right. It's more for the people who enjoy right. watching. Yeah, it's the con- yeah. connoisseur, right? For the it, me. It's, yeah, right? It's yes. a very easy, like safe environment where you can go and see this thing and we try to keep it um, as authentic as we can, you know, while while trying to bring this really interesting story and, and kind of educational content at the same time. So I'm looking nice. here on the website and it looks like you're going to cover the 80s and the 90s, I guess. Is that kind of what I guess it's looks like kind of it's back it's back and forth so so there there's a moment the first half of the show is very much about kind of like the origins of of the culture right so you have kind of like your your birth in the 70s and then kind of this media explosion in the 80s it kind of goes underground with the exception of the music in the 90s and then now you have this modern era where things have changed yet again so the first half of the show is very much about kind of using dance performances to kind of educate the audience on you know, what the the past of the culture and what the sort of origins of the culture have been from the perspective of this person and this crew. And so the the storyline is they've been given an opportunity to perform on a dance show, right? Any, any TV dance show, there's a million of them nowadays. And he's trying to convince his crew to incorporate kind of these more traditional and iconic hip hop elements and the younger kids don't necessarily want to. And so he's trying to like, part of the education in the show is him trying to pitch it to them like, hey, you know, we should include this. You know, and they have these moments and these epiphanies and these different experiences that, you know, lead them to try to decide whether or not they're going to do that and, and how they're going to end up on this show. Um, and so we try to cover as many eras as possible. Very cool. And it's set two nights, September 24th and the 25th. Correct. Is it just one show each night or I didn't even look? There at are there. So there's one show Friday night. Um, there's an eight o'clock show Friday. And then Saturday, there's a five o'clock and an eight o'clock show. Okay. So. Yeah. I see. Have you guys performed? Have you performed at Rose Wagner? Mm-hmm. So the show has always been at the Rose Wagner there. They've oh, yeah, been yeah, yeah, uh, okay. a very incredible theater. They're yeah. very, they've been so patient with us and so supportive. I think the first, so there's all these like, like hilarious stories of our just ignorance at, at doing a show like this. I think we showed up the first year and there was like a moment where they're like, oh, cool. Who's going to run the curtain for you? And we were like, mm, what the hell is that? Like, how does someone like, <laughs> there's for a some lot reason, yeah, there's like, there's so stuff. much things that we were like, we had no idea that you needed this. And, you know, we've, it's like, who's doing lights and who's, there's all these little things where we're like, can't be that bad. And then we get there and we're like, oh, it's like way more complex than we thought. It's like a full-time job. Yeah, no, Weird. for sure. Yeah. And, you know, the Rose has always been so supportive and so patient and so willing to like guide us and help us and, and, you know, sort of like teach us on the fly. And so, 
you know, we're super grateful to be able to like continue doing the show there. Yeah, that is so, how many, like how many dancers, how many people are usually in the performance? Sure. So the cast, um, it fluctuates year to year. I think this year it's probably going to be between 30 and 40 people. Okay. So, so decent It's amount. a decent, it's, it's a decent, decent sized cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so not like just one or two of you. Yeah, up no, on there's going to be, there's going to be a bunch of people involved in it. Yeah. All right. We're going to take just a couple of minutes now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors. Remember, when you support our sponsors, you're directly supporting this podcast. UtahMarijuana.org, they're your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I don't know if you all remember Tim Pickett from back on episode 420 when we brought him here into the studio and we found out all about medical marijuana here in Utah. Well, now he's a sponsor of the podcast, UtahMarijuana.org's team of medical cannabis experts. They make getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. With over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org, they are dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to listeners of this podcast. Use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. This is going to let them know, hey, I'm a listener of I Am Salt Lake. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. And it's going to give you $25 off your first visit. And if you're in the North Salt Lake Bountiful area, check this out. UtahMarijuana.org has a location right next door to Wholesome Co. The address is 580 West, 100 North, number four in Bountiful. So depending on where you're located in the valley, they have a location just for you. Just head on over to UtahMarijuana.org and they will uh, show their locations there. Isn't it time that you took control of your own health? UtahMarijuana.org. Feel better. I mean, do you guys travel out of state at all to perform? Or is this just, do you just do Salt Lake City or, or what? I would love to travel. Uh, doing the show locally is hard enough. Yeah. You know, it's definitely a uh, herding cats sometimes because you have, you know, the, one of the great things about it is we have 40 plus local dancers who are all incredible and all very talented, um, but they're also all very busy because everybody does all these other things. So it's always sort of a challenge to try and find the best schedule that works with everyone and just get them to commit. It's like, hey, just start in June and commit to this night in September, please, you know, and and everyone's really good about focusing and dedicating the time to it. You know, I think if we try to, because we've even talked about moving it it'd be cool to do like an Ogden or a park city type of a performance. But, um, I think that would be a, uh, a pretty big increase in just logistics and in time. And I would love for it to get there at some point though. So this show, if people listening, like, let's say somebody's listening a year down the road, sure. right? They found this podcast and they're like, oh, I got to check this out. This Josh guy sounds cool. But what, I mean, are you going to redo the show or is this just one time it's done or how right. can people see it again? Sure. At all? Or is so, it rewritten every year? So the, the, the plan, the plan kind of was, is we wanted to have three, three different stories that we could tell and sure. we would do the same story for two or three years and then switch them out. And they all kind of exist in the same universe, for example. So we have uh, the original version of the show is called the three era show. And it's literally just the 70s, the 80s, 90s, and the modern era, just talking about how hip-hop 
has changed in those three eras. The second version of the show follows a group called um, Salt City Rockers. And that's a very much like it's, you know, it's, it's a crew that gets really famous in the eighties and kind of falls apart in the nineties. And it sort of traverses kind of like the media explosion and sort of exploitation of hip hop culture. And then the current version of the show is kind of like their kids and where they stand. And so this show, this will be the second year we've done this storyline. Um, we'll probably do it for one more year and then maybe switch it back to something else. Just, you know, it's nice to switch it up every now and then and just not get bored doing the same show over and over. But the goal is to have like the three main storylines that we run, you know, two or three years at a time. I got you. I got you. I was just curious. You Who know. writes it? Do you write? Like, that's cool. It's it's a collaborative effort. So uh, myself, Josie, Chris Owens, who's on our board, um, Chacho, who's a community member, Big Chocolate, who's a community member, a few other people. We've all kind of, we'll sit down and say like, hey, what's a cool story that we can tell? How can we build on what we've already done? And it is a collaborative effort to kind of contribute and say like, oh, well, this would be kind of cool or this would be kind of nice. And then we just kind of let it evolve um, and then eventually, you know, just narrow down on what's going to work and try to make that the story for the year. That's cool. I like all the different perspectives that you bring in. What is your favorite era of hip hop? I mean, we we're talking about back, back to your original thing. You were bringing up like uh, 70s, 80s, Man. 90s and then current day. Or is that too or is big that of something a question? You don't maybe, ask. maybe that's maybe no, that's, no, maybe no. That's, no, it's a great question. Foul. No, it's no, it's a great question. I would say. Oh man, musically, I love the 70s, like 70s, 70s funk, like Latin funk, 70s music is one of my favorite, you know, eras of music. I love the sort of idea of this, like pioneering this culture and everything is brand new. It's undiscovered. I love that 70s era. Um, But the 90s sort of golden era of like the boom bap kind of era of like tribe and Pete rock and that okay. kind of like okay. hip hop era. I love as well. Yeah. So it'd be somewhere if I could live somewhere in the two, it would either be in that seventies era or that nineties era. The eighties era is fine, but seventies <laughs> or nineties. That was kind of me. the adolescent you phase. Know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So but see, I think when I think of eighties, I think of like run DMC and stuff though. I That's guess. fair. And, too. And I, I like run DMC. That's yeah. true. I like that. You know, I think of the eighties for me, it's always like, um, like the movie breaking. Okay. Okay. It's like a classic, iconic movie that's also like incredibly corny at the same time. The 80s has its like kitsch, right? It's like cheesiness and it's corniness across all things. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I'd, I'd be there. The colors in the 80s are definitely, it's definitely <laughs> very colorful. So that's that's very positive. Bright. Very yeah, bright. right? It's a bright, loud. <laughs> Let's talk about, I want to, I want to find out a little bit more about like 50, 20 arts cool. and what you're doing with them. Cause I was looking online and it looks like you run like, uh, like these summer day camps even for mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, that is so cool. I mean, I didn't know this. I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners didn't even know this, that they could have had a place cool like that to right. send their kids during the summer. Right. So at our facility, um, the Herc, we've, the last couple of years we've started doing, um, summer camps. So yeah. there's, there's usually a couple ways that you can participate in them. So we'll do camps on our own where the kids are there kind of like a half a day. And we try to give them like this crash course in as much hip hop stuff as we can. So they'll do two or three different dance styles during the week. They'll get a chance to do some art 
where they'll get to draw, they'll get to go paint outside. We have a big container and some walls out behind our building and the kids will get to go out and spray paint the walls. Um, they'll get to do sometimes some DJing depending on the age range of the kids. Um, and so that's really awesome. And then we've also been really fortunate to partner with spy hop, who's another local nonprofit. They're incredible. Um, they do super awesome work and, you know, we'll partner with them where the kids will come to the Herc in the morning and do a bunch of dance stuff. And then they go to spy hop in the afternoon and get a chance to like make music and create some incredible media content. And so those opportunities I think are really, really awesome. It's really fun. Um, it's something different. It's really great for kids who maybe like art and dance, but don't always identify with like traditional art and dance. Right. So it's, it's art, but it's not, you know, still life or, you know, traditional painting and it's dance, but it's not, you know, ballet, jazz, tap or modern for kids. So yeah, it's break dancing. Yeah. Right. I think it roll around on the floor. You know, we tell you parents, don't have to worry like, so much tired. about it. Yeah. It seems like it would be, it's just like the more fun art form to, to practice and learn. It's it probably incredibly difficult. It is difficult. I think we try to find a really great balance between having it be like physically challenging for the kids where they're, you know, they're challenged to learn this thing that's new where they have to learn kind of vocabulary of movement, but then they also have a chance to be really creative. And I think from a, from a dance form and like hip hop culture in general is very much about kind of connecting with other people. Right. So one of the things we talk about is traditional dance as a generalization, is you go, you learn choreography, choreographer says five, six, seven, eight, these are the things I want you to do. If you do it the way I think it should be done, then, then it's great. Um, hip hop culture allows you to kind of learn vocabulary, but then put it together in a creative way, right? So the way you would present what you've learned and the way I present it are different. And we can kind of exchange in that, in that way. And that's the same with the art or the music, um, you know, as well as the dancing. And that's a really awesome part of it, I think. That is so cool because you can personalize it. Right, right. Yeah. You have like this, especially for kids, they have, you know, they have to learn something new so they can't just be like, well, I got it already, right? But they also have some ownership over the thing that they create where they can focus on the things that are more interesting to them. And then if they create this thing that's really awesome, they have that ownership over it, right? It's this thing that I created and learned on my own and no one, you know, no one can take it away from me kind of a thing. I think that's so important for when you're young and when you're old. I mean, like every age to be able to learn something like that, but then also be able to put some of themselves back into it. Because like you're saying, most most other types of art forms that you are in class for or you go learn, you're kind of limited by the rules. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a really cool thing for kids to get out and do. Yeah, it's really it's really awesome. So it's it's this it's finding this balance. So when I was younger and I started breaking, we had this idea that like breaking's great because there's no rules. You can do whatever you want. And as we get older, you kind of realize, okay, there are like, there is found, there are like, you know, there's a rubric, there's like, there's you know, yeah, yeah, right. There's guidelines, <laughs> there's like boundaries for certain things, you know, and, but for me as an art form, it's one of the the most unique ones in that way, because you have that ability to learn things, but then change it. And you can learn the rules and then break the rules, you know, um, through the course of your experiences. And it's, it's, it's really awesome. It's very fulfilling to, to look back and say like, Oh, well, I have moves that are signature moves for me and they're me and only I do them and no one else can take them away from me or do them, but I can use them to still connect and communicate with other people in my community. All right, we're going to take just a couple of minutes, talk about another one of our awesome sponsors, the Salt Lake Barber Company. I love talking about these guys. I have been going to Isaac over there for, gosh, five or six years now for all my haircuts. 
He's been doing a bang-up job. Uh, they are located at 10 East, 800 South, right on the corner of 8th and Main. They're offering haircuts, beard trims, straight razor shaves. They are a true community barbershop. They focus on providing the best work environment possible and allowing barbers to always provide the highest quality experience while in the chair. They do take walk-ins, but get yourself a guaranteed appointment. This is what I do. I just type in saltlakebarberco.com. You could select your barber. You could select the services that you want, and you get a guaranteed appointment. Like I said, they do take walk-ins, but why not get a guaranteed appointment? saltlakebarberco.com is their website. Like I said, they offer haircuts, beard trims, straight razor shaves, all top-notch barbers over there. Go support these guys. And uh, many thanks to the Salt Lake Barber Company for being one of our awesome sponsors. What about, do you do other classes like all year round or just in the summertime? Or So the Herc um, operates as just a regular dance studio slash community center. So, and we have classes going on right now. So yeah. there are um, drop-in dance classes for kids where they can just show up okay. anytime, you know, a couple days a week and take classes. We have a crew program where they pay a monthly registration and they're there. There's a little bit more of a curriculum for them. And then there are adult classes um, that can be dance focused. And we also do DJ classes for adults and then art classes for kids as well. So it runs pretty much much year round. That's so cool. What about, I mean, do you think, do you ever like get somebody in there? Like I'm thinking myself, right? Okay. Like, not that I'm going to do this, speaking. but hypothetically, yeah, right. and you're just like, this guy doesn't have it. This guy does. <laughs> this guy has, this guy has no rhythm. How do he you can't, break it to he him? He can't move. I mean, he has got no, I mean, do, do you think everybody has potential to dance or no? I mean, you know, I think so. I think, I think it depends on what you're trying to get out of it right okay, in the okay. same way we're like say you're you're the person that shows up and in my mind in my mind i'm like nope no nope, <laughs> you don't have it but you wouldn't say that to but my i wouldn't face. say yeah, yeah in yeah, my yeah, mind yeah, i'm yeah, like yeah, nope yeah. but if you if you're like this is great i love it then hell yeah then keep coming because it doesn't really matter what i think and it's like i said it's what are you trying to get out of are you trying to be in the Olympics in 2024, okay, well then, yeah, then you might have to sit down and have some like, you know, realization moments on on what those possibilities are. But if you're just trying to show up and have a way to be expressive and get out of it what you want out of it, then yeah, by all means, like, like keep coming, you know, I think, and it's, I think it's the same even on the other end too, right? If, if kids show up and, and if, with kids, sometimes it's rough because there's, you know, if a kid's really good, sometimes the parents have the agenda of like, my kid's going to be the next this. And that kid may not want to be that, you know, and, and it's always kind of like trying to figure out what the individual person wants, wants out of it. But I think everyone has the potential and everyone has the ability to kind of like get something that they want out of it. Um, as long as they're, you know, showing up and putting in the time. Same people always told me, they're like, you got no rhythm, Chris, you'll never be able to dance. So I gave up years ago. You know yeah. what I mean? Like years uh, ago, going to that, to the clubs and stuff like that. And people would be like, Oh, club dancing? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. What other kind of dancing is it? What are thumbs those, and elbows. Kind of, Classic Elaine. Yeah, yes. yeah. You know, I don't know. What do you do? What, you know, but I was just wondering if, you know. Hey. I like that though. It's all, it's all about the ride, man. Just yeah. like if you enjoy it. Cool. You mentioned Olympics. I mean, is break dancing like hip hop dancing in the Olympics? It's in the Olympics officially 2024 in France. It will be an officially sanctioned uh, Olympic event. So how do you feel about that? It's a mixed bag right now. So the, the, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, that's so incredible, right? You have a, an art form that was, you know, created in the Bronx, created in these, these very rough circumstances by these very young kids. And, you know, 48 years later, it's going to be, 
an Olympic level event. So that accomplishment is incredible. So then the minutia of it is kind of like, okay, so then what's the sort of like appropriation of the culture element? Who's judging? What are the criteria? How do you take something that is an art form and then put a point, you know, value score to it? And how does that change the culture overall? I think one of the largest things that we're all waiting to hear about, a lot of people have talked about the judging system, right? What's the judging going to look like? For me, it's the music because the music is such an integral part of the way breaking happens, right? The DJ picks the music that they want to play and the dancer has to then react to that music. So then the question is, is like, okay, so then is NBC going to license all of Sony's and parent, you know, whoever's library of content so that they can play James Brown at the Olympics and broadcast it on international television? Or is it going to be this like canned, you know, 40 track, crate of music that we all have to, all the dancers have to dance to, which kind of, you know, hampers the experience, I think. And so it kind it, of changes it, what it does, what right? it, is. it does, because what yeah. happens is, is then the dancers will then just get really good at dancing to those songs. And then it'll, it'll look like just choreography in that sense, or the mu- or it'll, the music will become a secondary component in the same way. The easiest comparison is like gymnastics, right? Like when gymnasts do a gymnastics routine, there's music, they have music to their routine, but nobody cares. Right. No one's, no <laughs> one's true. listening. Like no one's like that gymnast it. was like, so on beat with their routine, right? We don't care. We want to see how crazy their flips are going to be. And that's the fear is that breaking will get turned into that thing where we're just there to watch this sort of like physically incredible act and not connecting it with like the expression and the connection to the music. It was the same thing when they put skateboarding in mm-hmm. the Olympics. You know what I mean? Like, what I do you was, guys, do you I, think that, that, that ruined skateboarding? No, I, I don't think that, not ru- ruined, that ruined but... skateboarding. Skateboarding is a little different than dancing in right. my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's still an art form, but it almost takes mm-hmm, away really. kind of the, the, um, but it's still the, the edginess of yeah, it. Yeah, kind of like, you know? yeah, yeah. The, we the people, it becomes kind of a little bit more controlled. And breaking is definitely looking at, there's a lot, I mean, there's so many parallels with like this, like skate community and the hip hop. I mean, like so many kids who skate are like hip hop kids anyway, right? Yeah. And so we're looking, there's so many parallels because it's kind of like, if you if you're taking skating and you're taking out the style component, right? And now it's just about the technical difficulty of tricks and you're killing the style component of, of someone who skates, then that's like a huge part of skating, right? Is it's, it's just like this person that has like this style and this flavor and this personality while they're executing these moves. How do you score that? Um, and so we are definitely looking at skating and kind of seeing how, how the skate community handles it. And it's, it's the same thing. I didn't feel like with skating, it's been similar. Uh, it's been the same kind of like, you know, do you skate park? Do you skate street? Are you a comp skater? Are you just, do you just film segments? Do you just like, what are you? And, and breaking is kind of going through a similar, a similar thing. I think like it's going to kind of have a, like a child branches. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. I think it's, it's good and bad. There's, I mean, there's going to be, I think like growth and progress is always good. And I think you're just going to have to deal with, everyone's just going to have to evolve and deal with it. The older guys, like the older I get, I have to accept that I'm going to be less relevant <laughs> and less connected to it. Right. Like, who am I? Like, I'm never going to be in the Olympics. So it's really not my problem to deal with. I'm going to sit at home on my couch and, and complain about it. So it's not my generation that has to solve this, this problem, you know? And so for me, it's just kind of like, well, this is what it's going to be. And we'll do our best to kind of pass on what we know to the kids that are coming up, but it's really the kids that are like 13 and 14 now are going to be, you know, 17, 18, 20, 
when 2024 rolls around, it's going it's to be their problem and their generation to have to figure out how to make it work. Interesting. So interesting. I didn't even realize that uh, breakdancing was going to be in the Olympics. I didn't I, either. I, I didn't catch that. But I think uh, they added breaking. I think it's like breaking, sport climbing. I think like four four new events got added. I think they're, it's they're like hurting surfing stuff, something. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of true, right? Like I feel like the Olympics, you know, that's another sort of complaint that you're hearing, you know, kind of from, you know, from the wings and stuff is yeah. that the Olympics is just like desperate to make itself relevant. So they're, they're going to try and use breaking as a way to replace gymnastics or something else. And that's yeah. the whole, it's tied to the whole like fear of appropriation of the culture. I think skating has a similar a similar kind of like thing to sort of combat as well. So, so let's take it back to, sure. uh, to, I want to make sure 1520, where do you see that going in the next 10 or five to 10 years? I mean, where, I mean, I don't know if that, what that, are your, yeah. I mean, what that, are your, what's your vision? Question. No, I mean, your vision, but with the progression of things, I mean, do you have a, a, a big vision on where you would like to take it? I would love to be like, yes, we have this like very clear vision of what we want to do. No, I have no idea what the hell we're going to do in the next five years. I didn't really think we were going to make it this far. We at one point, I think at one point we had like a 10 year plan. Okay. We sat down after like year three or four and we're like, this is our 10 year plan. This is where we're going to be. And then we got there and we were like, the hell are we going to do now? I don't know. (laughs) And so the 15, you know, to 20 to 25 year plan is, is hard. It's hard to say. And, and, I want to, for me, I want to do it for as long as I can do it, whatever that looks like, right? If that's not dancing, if it's just running the building, if it's just, you know, um, trying to create opportunities for the community, that I think will continue. In what form that continues, who knows? I mean, we have a lease on our building for another two and a half years. So for at least two and a half years, we're in this building doing the things that we're doing. But, you know, I, I think we'll just kind of leave it open to see what the community's interest is and sure. where our interest lies. And I would love to do it for as long as I can, but I'm not really sure what that's going to look like. But it's keeping you pretty busy now, right? Uh, it's definitely keeping me uh, overwhelmingly, yes, busy where... Um, You're not like looking for new projects. No, yeah, stuff. no. If like, anything, if anything, uh, you know, most of the other board members and the staff are like, yo, you should probably chill a little bit. I gave I gave the staff at the Herc, uh, I gave them the not carte blanche, but they have the ability to tell me no on a bunch of stuff right now. We had a meeting where I'm like, Hey, if I come to you guys and I'm like, Hey, they want us to do this gig. Like you guys can be like, no, we have too much to do. So they're all excited to tell me no. Um, it's good to have that though, because like, I think passionate people who love performing, I mean, I, I'm going to say you're kind of like one of us where every opportunity that comes up is so exciting yeah. and you want to do all of them. Yeah. It's like, why and not? Then I always regret it. I'm like, you, oh, yeah, no, you know, yeah, yeah. this is like what I'm always like, uh, March, Josh, March, Josh is always like, hell yeah, I'll do this in July. No, cool. Sounds great. We'll see you then. And then July, Josh is like, what the hell? What? Come on, man. Like, I don't want to do this. Like, <laughs> like I need a time machine. So <laughs> yeah, I can go back I get and there and I'm like, you. why? Then I do it. We do it all the time where it's, we're yeah. either, we're either completely <laughs> overloaded or we say no to everything. And it's like trying to find this balance balance of like, just say yes to a couple things has been this, uh, Im- impossible goal. So yeah, I believe it. It's, it's either 110% or nothing. So. Now, and are you looking for more dancers? Like, let's say if a listener out there just tore sure. it up, man, and they had no, they didn't even know you guys were around. I mean, could they come down and, sure. and try out or how does that You work? don't have to try out. So, um, participation is great. We always love, yeah. I mean, participation is what we need more than, I mean, we need as a nonprofit, like we're, 
you know, we need, we always need like funds. Right. But outside of that, it's participation. Like the only way the community gets bigger and better is to have people engaging in it in some way. So we do open practices. Uh, it's pretty much just breaking focus right now, but at the Herc every Monday and Friday from eight to 10 PM is a free open practice. So there's no, there's no instruction, but you can just come down and do your thing and meet people and then take a class from there or come to an event or go to, I mean, there's a half a dozen other studios and organizations in, in the sort of Salt Lake Valley that all contribute in some way. And so it's like, come, come be part of the community, come find where you feel comfortable and, and, you know, hang out. And where's the Herc located? 2505 South State Street. So if you get off right on 21st and state, there's a big mural on the side, on the North side of the wall. Okay. I'm trying visual. Okay. Okay. I have an idea where, yeah, 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 yeah. How long have you been there? We've been in that building for four and a half years okay, now. Okay, so for Time a minute. Flights. We have yeah, been there for a while, yeah. uh, long enough to, to to graffiti the majority of it, I think. So <laughs> a little bit more left to cover, but we've got most of it right now. Now, where are you? Where were you born and raised? Where are you from? I uh, I was born in Kansas, of all places. Okay, uh, okay. My father was in the military, so I was literally born, I was born in Clay Center, Kansas. And I think the, like, right, you know, as soon as they discharged me from the hospital, we were out. And then we lived in North Carolina for a while. We lived in Germany for four or five years, oh, wow. like 85 to 90. Um, and we got to Utah in 93. And, so, and how old were you in 93? Probably? I think I was uh, 12. Grade school. 12. Okay. 12. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. middle school. Okay. 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 So, so I was just kind of curious, you know, like where, where your roots are. I mean, you've right. been in Utah for a minute. I yeah. Mean, I've been in Utah for so long. I was talking to my dad about this the yeah, other day. Yeah. It's in my mind for some reason. I imagine like. It was like, you know, this huge chunk of my life and then Utah and then it's just like this other part. But I've been here, I guess, I think I've been in Utah for 20, I mean like 28 years, 27 years. So been here way longer than I haven't been here. So it's definitely, uh, you know, we're the majority of my upbringing. And you love it, right? You love Utah? I don't mind it. It's all right. It Logan, grows on you, right? Yeah, we lived in Logan for a it's while. It's sticky, and man. You get- Logan, though. Yeah, Logan, Logan's a little rougher. You know, it's, I think like- being in high school in Logan was, was at the time, not cool for me, but in retrospect, probably a good place because it was a very like, kind of like safe community driven, you know, there wasn't a lot of trouble there. Salt Lake city is great. Um, I lived in Ogden for a minute, been in Salt Lake for a while. Salt Lake's cool. It does. It does definitely grow on you. It has a certain like gravity to it where if you, you know, there's lots of people who try to like move and do other things and it'll kind of pull you back and it's, it's not bad. I, Salt Lake's great. You, if you want trouble, you can find trouble, but trouble doesn't really come looking for you here necessarily. You know, it's, it it's, can, it's, it's, though, it, if you're you not know. careful. Yeah. Really? <laughs> do tell. <laughs> Story time. Well, you know, I mean, you know, 10 years ago, I see. Yeah, I was going to say the late, uh, the, the, the hardcore and the straight edge community in the late nineties in Salt Lake was pretty yeah. wild. There's a lot of yeah, really incredible that was, stories that come out well, of that Well, that era. was, that was why I moved away. Mm-hmm. I moved away for a little while in my twenties, uh, out to Pennsylvania because the hardcore community here was so, uh, violent. Yeah. Really, it was getting you know? pretty wild. A lot of the, there was a lot of crossover, you know, so like a lot of the graffiti writers were, you know, straight edge kids and hardcore kids. And a lot of the, like the communities would overlap. A lot of kids who break, you know, were, um, in the same like hardcore communities and straight edge communities and stuff, but it's, there's, yeah, it was like pretty, that late nineties, early two thousands here was like a wild time <laughs> for, for that kind of stuff. But there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of really incredible stories that have come out of that too. Yeah. yeah. So that leads us, we have a few standard Salt Lake city questions sure. that we ask everybody, Josh. So of course we got to ask you, 
Let's do it. Uh, family and friends come to the city. They want to visit. Maybe they're coming here from California or Kansas, right? <laughs> and they're like, take us around. Show us the tour. I mean, is there like one or two spots that you really love to take people? And when I say Salt Lake City, I talk the Valley. I mean, even Park right. City, whatever, you know? Um, the standard. So if, you know, if people come into town here, I would say if they're, if they're friends, you know, we always try to take people, uh, either by our building or by Uprock records. Um, that's like a classic, classic, you know, spot. Um, the Capitol is always like a cool spot to go and take some photos. Um, where else is like a fun, I don't know. There's always like little, for us, it's like little, little hidden graffiti locations, right? So like pyramid wall and yeah. uh, S line sugar house park, Liberty park. Those are always like really fun, you know, balances of like, you know, slice of life, Salt Lake stuff. I think. What about uh, any favorite local eating spots? Any favorites? Mm. One or two favorites. It's one or two favorites. So uh, or more. Or more. red Lotus, um, is a restaurant that some friends of ours, uh, own downtown. It's actually kind of right across the street from where Uprock used to be like on in between third and fourth and state street, just on the, the east side of the road. That's great. That's definitely someplace we go all the time. The Bayou is always a classic. Yeah. Um, that's a great one. And then I mean like the pie, maybe that's a pretty good one. The, 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 the pizza place. Yeah. yeah the pizza mm-hmm. place. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah. Anything you would change from Salt Lake city or about Salt Lake city. If you could, like, let's say you had that magical power. And when I say change, I mean, however right. you want to interpret that. I mean, whether right. it's big or small, you know, I think with it's, it's a tough one. Cause with every change, there's consequences. You know, I, I think, um, I'm excited. I think if I could like magically wave a wand over, over Salt Lake city and change it, man, I would love to see, from an arts perspective, the focus shift away from Salt Lake city proper and downtown. Um, I think there's a, a sort of unconscious idea that anything art related has to, it's not legitimate unless it's inside Salt Lake city proper, whether it's music or dance or art or murals or anything, it has to happen in that, you know, area or, or we don't count it. Right. And I would love to, if I could wave a magic wand, the Valley is so large, it would be really incredible to just see more like arts and, and culture and just diversity in that way spread throughout kind of the whole Valley. Right. Instead of just being very centrally focused downtown. I agree. I like that. Yeah. I like that too. I never really thought about it like that before. It's weird how things are that way where it's like, if anything's going, it's got to happen downtown, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's not in a downtown area, you know, it's like, it doesn't count. Right. And other people, there's lots of different festivals and things that happen, but a lot of times the cities have the, there's a little chip on the shoulder where it's like, it's better than this festival or we're not this. And it's kind of like, I always want to be like, yo, chill, like just do, do your thing for your, and he's like West, like West Valley city is the second largest city in the state. But you know, I feel like either I'm don't know about it or it's harder to find like cool arts things to engage in in West Valley city. It feels like we all get pushed um, downtown. Yeah, no, I know mm-hmm. exactly that, man. Like I remember when I'm, I, cause I used to live downtown and then when I moved out of downtown, I felt like I was this traitor or something. Yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah. this bad person. Right. It's like, eh, we shouldn't really look at that. I mean, most of us, you know, we get older, we grow up, we move out to the suburbs. Right. right. You know, you, right. it's where you get to get a house. Right. You know, right. but, uh, I don't know. So let's just bring it with us, man. Holla. <laughs> yeah. Let's run down as we kind of uh, wind this episode up sure. a little bit. Let's talk about the, the event happening again on 24th, 25th in September. Rose Wagner, mm-hmm. 
I'll let just, sure. They, they reminisce. I they guess. reminisce. So the show's called They Reminisce. Yeah. It's happening September 24th and 25th at the Rose Wagner. So there is one show on the 24th at 8 p.m. and then a 5 p.m. and an 8 p.m. show on Saturday. If you get tickets and come a little early in the lobby, we'll have what we call open ciphers. There'll be some live music, some vendors, just like a really fun uh, way to just kind of hang out and engage with the community before the show starts. Um, you can get your tickets. I think you have to go to like the it's so like art salt lake county website it's art ticks is gone and so there's like you can get your tickets there or you can go to they rem t-h-e-y-r-e-m.com and there's a link there that'll take you straight to buying tickets i was gonna say i'm also on 1520arts.org and you if you just click on programs and they reminisce mm-hmm. i think It'll you can buy too. tickets that way mm-hmm. i should link you to the same yeah, page yeah 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 but i'll put all those links at iamsaltlake.com Great. Uh, with this oh man, episode. this looks. I want to see it. There's sure. a video you, you, on this you site. Go? We go. I really let's do. Go. We'll, we'll get awesome. you some tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd we'll, be we'll, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, it looks like it looks like a fun event. Um, I mean, before we completely wrap this up, I mean, is there anything that you were hoping we would talk about, or that you want to promote, or I mean, I know because I don't know everything, obviously, right. about fifteen twenty, but. Um, yeah, I would love to have a cool answer for it. No, I was along for the ride. So yeah, I, would I mean, say, we, you know, we, kind of, we, we touched on a lot. I mean, they yeah. go to their website and check out a lot. Yeah, anyone that's interested, I would, you know, just find us on Instagram. It's just at 1520-1520-Arts or SLC Herc. Just look us up and there's a great community. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening all the time. There's going to be more happening probably than, you know, the average person thinks that's happening in Salt Lake. And so, you know, connect with us and then find other people to connect with. And, you know, we just love to see people come out and just like participate, just come hang out. So cool. So cool. Chrissy has yeah. a final question. She asks everybody that comes through here. So I'm going to let her so ask you. You don't get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for doing the podcast. Man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for coming. This was like really fun to, cool. to get to learn about. I didn't even really understand that this existed. So it's super exciting. Um, but before we let you go, could you leave us with a motto or a piece of life advice? A motto first, or piece first of, thing that comes to mind. Okay. So the first thing that's going to come to my mind is like the, uh, the mon- hip hop culture's mantra is peace, love, unity, and having fun. Um, and so, you know, whenever things get kind of wild, you know, I just kind of try to remember that, right. That the things that I'm doing are at its core, just about hanging out and just having fun with my community. Thanks again to Joshua Perkins for joining us on this episode of the podcast. All of the links that we mentioned in this conversation can be found with this episode notes on our podcast website, which can be found at IamSaltLake.com slash 503. Can you believe that? Episode 503. All right, it's the first episode of the month, and that means we give some love to our Patreon supporters. Uh, Patreon supporters, I love these guys, and we do not give enough credit to our Patreon supporters. We need to start doing some more things for you guys, so uh, keep your eyes and ears open for some more Patreon perks. But let's run down the list of our supporters. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter yourself, head on over to patreon.com slash Lake. You can become a supporter for as little as a dollar, and that helps keep the podcast moving forward, helps keep the lights on. Uh, like I said, let's run down the list here. Jeremy Hunt, Jen Seals, Mark Copeland. Brett A. Schmidt, Todd Bjorkland, Tim Haran, Michelle Stevens-Williams, Christopher A. Heiser, Brandon Hill from Mountain Standard Time Marketing, Jay Chambers, Sana, John Miller, Eric Tomorrow from Mediocre Show, 
You guys know that podcast and listen to it, hopefully. Uh, Nicole Davison, Nikki Line, and Ryan Prince. That is our awesome Patreon supporters. Wow, we got a great list of uh, supporters there. And, and as always, thank you uh, for supporting the podcast. And that's going to do it for this episode. It's the first episode of the month. Let's have a great September. Hard to believe that we're heading on into fall. And hopefully you've been listening to our Friday releases that we're doing of our Real Estate Minute. This is a uh, five to ten minute podcast episode that I'm doing uh, with TJ Heidenreich. And we're talking about the real estate market here in Utah. So hopefully you're catching that on Fridays. And uh, subscribe. If you're not subscribed, we're in all the uh, podcast apps. You guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local. And we'll see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast.